Bonjour à tous! Welcome to another episode of Quine's Niche. This is Quine and today we will be talking about my journey on self-love, insecurities, progress journey, inspiration, and confidence, aka Capricorn Chat Part 1. As you may know, I put up a story on my Instagram account at Gwines underscore niche for you guys to ask questions related to the topics, which I am thankful for. And as promised, I will answer the questions in this two-part episode. So, enjoy! Hello? We will now go to the responses that i got from the question sticker on the story and the first response i received from instagram is tips on boosting self-confidence and i also found a similar question self-love and how to be consistent just so we are all on the same page i will discuss confidence as the ability to view oneself positively to see one's own worth and to trust in the self's capabilities. And also self-love for me will be defined as appreciating the goodness in yourself and believing in that goodness firmly no matter what. If you think you're not confident enough, the common reason may be because you're not good enough. So for me, tip number one is to See the good qualities in yourself first. Stop thinking about your flaws for a moment and recognize the nice traits you have. I'm sure there are, no matter how pessimistic you may be. And it's not about making a long list one day and forgetting all about it the next. This tip goes a long way and you have to practice it regularly. The point here is to look at yourself from a second-person point of view, acknowledge the things you're good at, and give yourself a pat on the shoulder. But then, of course, after listing down the positive side of you, you still aren't confident because you also have things to work on. So tip number two is to improve on the negative side of you. I have always told myself since grade school that I am bad at math. That is one of the weaknesses I have, and since then, I've never been confident in myself when it comes to mathematics. But instead of pushing the subject away, now in college, where I appreciate the the goodness and the use of math, I really tried to exert some effort building myself at that aspect. I listened well to the professor, I advanced studied before class, I did the practice exercises no matter how mind-boggling they all were. I tried to recite every class and slowly, I saw myself pushing the limits of that old self who was not good at math and cared less by the day. I did not perfect my quizzes and I am no math wizard though, but with the process of me improving myself, having an intention in changing how I look at myself, I became a little bit better and a little more eager not just to learn mathematics, but to also gain what it takes to upgrade myself. And when I upgraded myself, so did my confidence. And in that progress, I also learned how to be consistent with self-love. Tip number three is to stop 
comparing yourself with others. I learned this best from a YouTuber, Lana Blakely, who said that not all self-comparison leads to envy, but all envy starts with self-comparison. Trust me, I have been comparing myself with lots of people before and my confidence only got worse. You see, if you want to monitor yourself and evaluate who you are, self-comparison is the worst tool to help you do that. Again, worst tool. If you compare yourself with another person and that person is better than you, you start hating yourself. But then, if you compare yourself with another person and the person is worse than you, you start loving yourself. In either way, you feel emotions that are both toxic. So why not cut yourself some slack? Stop looking at your classmate's score after a quiz and comparing it with yours or looking at your friend's Instagram to see who has more followers. If you want to know how good you are doing and gain some confidence about your strengths and weaknesses, ask for healthy criticism from the people who support you and want the best for you. And also tune in to how you feel about your failures and triumphs. Even if you fail to follow this tip and still compare yourself from time to time, the goal here is to not mind at all how bad or good other people are, but instead focusing on what you do and feeling good about it. The next question from Instagram is how to prevent burnout. What I personally do is to arrange everything beforehand. It is much easier for me to plan out everything so I have the freedom during the process. Everything will be easier if already set out to free my mind up from any more decision-making that will take up extra time in the process. Also, if surprise tasks and problems come my way, at least the big chunk of the project is already handled well. Aside from preparing and organizing things, I also make sure to set my boundaries. Personally, I try as much as possible not to work on weekends. The Ateneo respects that also, which is one of the university's school perks. I also minimize group works and other work-related communications on weekends. So if I have to deal with a project, I have to finish the priority steps during the weekdays. Hence, after Friday, I can binge watch Netflix and stay in bed until 8 a.m. I also make sure that I have break times during class days, which are the ones assigned on my given schedule. I don't want unplanned breaks because it kind of interrupts my momentum. And to avoid burnout, I have a breather in between classes before I jump from one headspace to another. Also, meal and sleep times are essential. I don't have gadgets when I eat, and I respect my early sleep so I can rest my body and nourish it. The next response from Instagram is, how is your life super organized? 
I know that Capricorns are known for being intimidating girl bosses, workaholic people. That's why we are mostly organized with what we do. Now, before I go to the how, let's start with the why. I am organized because I choose to be. Having a well-arranged life, as I mentioned a while ago, makes me happy. If my external environment is pleasing and easier to navigate, it saves me. Unnecessary fixes in the future boosts my energy and gives me a sense of calm. Now, as to the how, I have some organizational tools that I utilize. For my class notes, I jot down everything first in a scratch notebook. That way, during lectures or readings, I can easily put down information in real time without being pressured to keep it clean or concise because I still have to rewrite them afterwards. In my binder, which I have separate ones for each subject, that is where I rewrite my notes after the lesson or the class is finished so that they are aesthetically pleasing, neater, and easier to study. And I don't have to multitask listening to a teacher or watching a recorded lecture during the writing of my notes. I have my full attention on what I write, hence I can retain the information much better. For managing my schedule and other school stuff, I do bullet journaling. Unlike other journaling techniques, Bujo is more convenient because it is easy to set up and fill out. I just have to do to-do lists every day and check each box as I go. Not too much design, just the practical boxes and the tasks. I also have a micro calendar blocking where I arrange my schedule for each day so I know what to do for a specific period and not waste my time during vacant ones. I also have a checklist for every subject so I can track my projects and I can monitor the assignments, quizzes, and discussion boards along with the deadlines to remind me of course this comes in handy during the finals week because mostly we just have long essays and culminating activities and it's really essential to be seeing how the projects are going and if the tasks are doable in a certain period of time. Now, as to my personal life, I bullet journal as well but I like to incorporate traditional journaling to loosen up. But in the Boudreaux aspect of it, I do habit tracking and I have an event list every month, which is useful for going back to events that I need to remember or also just looking forward to things that I have to have time for. In my external space, especially in my own room, I just maintain the habit of cleaning up after myself every time so that the junk won't go unnoticed and I won't have to muster some perseverance to do a general cleanup. 
I think that's all for organization. And the tip is just to do it daily. Because if you leave the bullet journal neglected or your newly washed clothes piling up for weeks, you may become hysterical at keeping up with the calendar or be cramming at folding and storing all of the clothes. Not gonna lie, I also slack at this. Sometimes I do let my clothes pile up and sometimes I don't sweep my room every day because it's tiring to do it every day. But as for fixing my bed and arranging my workplace after every school day, that is something I practice even just 1% at a time. The last question I will be answering in this two-part episode is influencers you look up to, self-help contents, and another is book recommendations. Just for reference, the first answer I gave for the first two um, responses I got are based on learnings I got and thought about from two resources. The first part is from Camp Confidence Radio, specifically episode 39, How to Confidently Present Yourself. For the second part is the YouTuber I mentioned, Lana Blakely, who talked about envy and self-comparison. She has a very simple way of explaining things and she really helped me face my insecurities in a non-judgmental way. I will link both the podcast episode and that specific videos from Lana Blakely in the show notes. As for other self-help references, I subscribed to Lavender on YouTube and also to her podcast. She helps me so much on self-improvement and her podcasts have special guests who specialize in different things. So it's also a way of learning about different stuff. On the other hand, influencers I really look up to are Hitomi Mochizuki, Leah Wei from Atlas Field Notes, Moya Mowini, San Vlut, and Sophie from Malama Life. They've all shaped who I am today, a minimalist wannabe yogi whose parameters of success are defined by art, travel, relationships, and earthy tones. So if you like at least one of them, you know, Hitomi, she's like a big sister to me. Leo Wei, she is one of my fashion icons. Moyo Mowini, someone who inspired me to appreciate art and Europe. San Vlut, she is a model and I love her travels. And I really adore her and her boyfriend. And Sophie from Malama Life. I love her lessons about slow living movement and minimalism. I also read the famous book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. This book totally just cleared up my mind and propelled me into a path of a more of more sensible concepts of success and happiness. I highly recommend the book. It is so fun to read and it gives so much for you to pick up. Also, I read Atomic Habit by James Clear and Right now, honestly, I'm having shortage of nonfiction, self-improvement books to read. So 
I just listen to as many TED Talks as I can. Few of my favorite TED Talks are What Makes a Good Life by Robert Wildinger, Looks Aren't Everything by Cameron Russell, How to Figure Out What You Really Want by Ashley Stahl, How Vulnerability Makes You a Better Leader by Tracy Young, and Don't Call People Out, Call Them In by Loretta J. Ross. All these TED Talk videos can be found in the show notes if you are interested. Voila, that is all I got. That is a wrap already, at least for the first part. Thank you again for those who sent in their messages. I hope you got the answers you needed. Or if you didn't send the response to the question sticker, I wish you gleaned some insights and learnings from this. If some questions were not mentioned here, I suggest you stay tuned for part two of this episode. I will be posting that one soon, probably after my birthday. But for now, I leave you with this first Capricorn chat. See you on the next one. Au revoir!